Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Polymath Experience. I'm your host, Polymath. Today, I have someone special. I know I say this every week, but this one's very extra special. I spent like, I don't know, 30 minutes with him last week, and I came out of it energized and inspired and almost like rejuvenated. You know, like you have a conversation with someone and you're like, okay, I can take on the world now. This is the type of energy. Like, I've, I haven't seen this in anyone before. Uh, he's barely past his mid twenties and he's already got two successful startup exits, exits, sorry, uh, under his belt, which is unheard of. I think he's someone that for me, you can bet on, uh, to succeed and to become successful. He's now building a platform called easy. That's been making a lot of noise in the past few months. Uh, it's a Web3 native platform that allows people to raffle out their prize NFTs, but that's only like scratching the surface. Vova, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, man. You've introduced me, so <laughs> a lot of people will be watching this. I think they'll be quite interested. Yeah, happy to be here. Happy to talk. And uh, same, same, totally same. Last week we had a call and I was inspired as well. So th that's a cool stuff to have. <laughs> That's awesome, man. It's 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 nice. Yeah, it's it's really this this space really has a way of putting great people together and and like putting misfits kind of together and and making them find their find their place. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I've just uh, throughout the journey in Web three, I think I won't say that I'm like an OG in the space. To be honest, I've just I uh, started something like two and a half years ago only. But in these two and a half years ago journey, I just met a lot of cool people. Uh, some of those people I can even call real friends. No, not friends like it's called in the Web3, but real friends uh, on whom I can just uh, really rely and get advice, uh, feedback on really anything. So yeah, it's it's a cool place to be. It really is. It's it's surprising when 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 you scroll through Twitter, there's so much toxicity, and then you meet people in the background and there's so much empathy and so much understanding and people like extending uh, all these branches and and offering to help and support it's it's really it's really mind-blowing sure totally aligned totally aligned uh, you know actually i even think that uh this toxicity is uh by those people who are just there by alone and uh they are not supported and it's not only about uh, this space, it's about every single other space. If you're not supported, you'll try to compromise this as being for being toxic and for just spreading uh, bad mood, uh, maybe even negative vibes and stuff like this. So yeah, but I think that uh, if you are supported, if you have someone to support, and I think that's uh, one thing that is even more important than to be supported, to have someone that you can support, I think, yeah. That's amazing. And there is a lot of people here like this. Yeah, there really there really are. And and it's we vulnerability is being more and more allowed. I Zeneca, who I who I saw you know as well, is like one of the um, one of the best voice voices for that. Um Sadvik, who who I think we know in common as well. I mean I don't know Zeneca, but I, I know Sadvik a little bit and he he's been very vocal and very vulnerable and, and I like it's so necessary, especially with with us men, and and I think it's the only way beyond that toxicity. Of course. How's the how's the last few weeks been weeks been for you? So to be honest, uh, the last few weeks they've been super overbooked. 
uh, we are just now preparing to launch the testnet. So uh, like the whole team is full-time working, full-time developing, business developing. As you know, I've told it to you before, but yeah, I'm having something like 12 calls per day, 12, 14 calls per day every day, trying to get to know people on the market, trying to know people in the community, trying to know uh, as many DAOs, community members and as possible. And as well, VCs, founders, uh, just developers, uh, everybody. I just want to spread the word about what we are building and I uh, just want to make it so when we are when we are live, uh, everybody would more or less know what we are about. So basically, just uh, this, mm. I won't say even like uh, two last weeks, it's something like uh, half a year for me like this. So yeah, full-time developing, full-time business developing. That's crazy. And we'll, we'll go deeper into, into easy and, and what you're doing, but I, I read about you. You sent me a few, a few links and I explored and I went down like your timeline on, on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And I, I don't know, I was, I was just impressed and it, it, it a lot of qu questions rose in me. Like, I'm really intrigued as to how you got started. Where'd you grow up? What was your childhood like? Cause two things pop out for me. You have like genuine empathy that seeps out of you and you're also extremely driven. And those are two traits that are not usually very like common in in everyone. Like the a lot of people have one that's very strong or the other. But I know I know very few people who have both. How so how did that come to be for you? Oh, man, that's a hard question. I don't know how it uh, came uh, to be into me, but uh, just uh, and of course, thank you. Thank you because uh, like kind words and thank you. Really, really nice to hear it from you because I know that you know a lot of people and you've talked with a lot of people and you talk with a lot of people and you see that uh, basically you see different kind of uh, humans character. So basically, uh, I just I, I can tell you a bit about uh, my background in terms of my childhood and all that. But to be honest, I don't know. There wasn't some uh, key part of the story when I just uh, thought that, look, I'm going to be this type of uh, genuine entrepreneur and all that stuff. Just, uh, I think it went step by step. You really, really don't think that there was some like key part of this key point when this happened. Oh, that's, that's interesting. And so there's no, like there was no moment you, cause you started very young and you, you succeeded very young. Whereas some people have to have to take like, you know, back doors and, and have to struggle a lot before before they succeed. And so for, for you, you you think it just kind of happened naturally? I can't say that I didn't struggle. I can't say that it was just like straight success, to be honest. But I think that one of like, let's say we, we can call it key points. One thing when like one moment when I thought that, OK, I'm now going to be uh, entrepreneur. It was uh, I basically I finished the college in Marbella, Andalusia. It's in Spain. It's a, a small city, like a touristic city in Spain. And I've studied there in a law college under Cambridge Foundation. And basically uh, we had a class that was called the business studies and economics. And my lecture teacher, he told me that, look, not basically, he didn't tell it uh, straight to me. He told it to the whole class, but he told, look, well, business is some like uh, substance where you have people who are building and you have people who are building for those people who are building. And basically uh, I was like, wow, that's deep. 
if you think about it, that's really deep because uh, there are some people who are just have an idea and then you can touch this idea, you can play with this idea. Either it's a platform, app, hardware, any any sort of stuff. And there are people who are making this idea come true. And I was like, wow, I think that I'm, I want to be that first uh, person who is thinking about some crazy cool ideas and then ca- those ideas come in life. And basically, this was the key point. Just uh, I didn't start with like with the IT. I didn't start with straight like uh, I'm going to be an IT entrepreneur in my eight, 18 years old. I just I started like everybody with some uh, quick hustles. With uh, I started I I remember I started with the, I've helped our different like low key famous artists to arrange shows, club shows, night shows, and stuff like this. So this was how I made my first let's say. Uh, 10k dollars <laughs> and then uh, the the story begins i can just i can uh, keep going <laughs> if you want <laughs> yeah please man that's what i'm here for i want to hear i want to hear all of it amazing amazing so basically just uh, started doing those uh, uh, live shows club shows and stuff like this but i was born in kazakhstan then i moved to russia to moscow so basically, it's the like one of the biggest megapolises, uh, biggest city, like one of the biggest cities probably. And uh, there are a lot of uh, different like uh, light shows, light shows, night shows, and basically just got uh, quite successful in this sphere. And uh, this sphere is not that sphere where you will just extremely uh, fast get. Uh, hundreds thousands of dollars but for the teenager for somebody who is like 17 18 19 it's quite quite good way to start and then you the best part of it that you start uh, acknowledging people you start acknowledging people you start making friends you start just uh, everybody's your friend basically because they're coming there to have fun they're coming there to uh, entertain themselves and basically you just uh, suddenly start to find that of course they're not like friends friends I think that you know what I mean. But they're like some people that you know. And then I just, uh, I thought that, wow, why not to just, uh, basically there were a lot of bloggers, influencers, KOLs, like they're called now. And uh, basically all those people. I just, I started working with them. I started working with them. I started selling the uh, just uh, postings. I started selling uh, advertisement for brands uh, on those pages and uh, Instagram. I didn't know about Twitter. I didn't know about LinkedIn. It was Instagram. It was Instagram and the CIS uh, social network. Uh, probably it's it's called VK. Probably you haven't even heard about it. Yeah, it's like it's. Uh, just a regional network let's call it like this so started selling those advertisement and basically step by step the money kept coming so it was like it wasn't something uh, extremely hard to do to be honest with you it was just like you have a influencer you have the brand you just merge them together and you sell the ads it's like it's uh, not not a rocket science basically step by step then but when i was uh, something like i turned uh, 19 i i've heard that some people they make educational courses. They make educational courses for educational platforms. So basically it's a, let's say, entrepreneur or an influencer who is good at something and he can teach this something to his audience. So I was like, wow, uh, I have a big variety of those influencers. I know a lot of entrepreneurs. I know a lot of those uh, just uh, uh, public figures. Why not to try to not sell the ads but sell those educational courses. And then everything started just booming. Under 
two and a half years of doing those educational uh, courses, selling it to educational platforms, we made something like $12 million. And this was like, of course, it was not all my money. We were three guys there. I was one of the founders. And basically, we had only 40% of everything that we made. 60% got blogger, the influencer, and the rest of the, of like the 40% we were divided between us three. And of course, there were some expenses and stuff like this, but it was still a lot of money. For myself, it was the first, uh, like, the first big amount of money that I've made. But the best thing of it, about it is that it was a good uh, education, not for the, not only for those people who were buying it. It was a good education for myself because I just started being super educated in terms of marketing. I started feeling what people think, what people do, just started understanding like really deeply the user-centric approach, the consumer-centric approach and all of those like marketing stuff. Can we stay on that for a second? Do you still have in mind like the step-by-step lessons of because marketing is everything because markets are are driven by basically the meeting between offer and demand and and so how do you drive demand it, it is through marketing through getting a product or a service to market so if you want to do business you can't that's something that i personally learned the hard way you can't count on other people to do your marketing you have to be a part of it so how like if you were if you wanted to go back to yourself at that age and like speed up that process of learning how 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 would it go i'd uh, hire more people 100% i'd hire more people i'd uh, i i'd stop making 50% of the actions that i was doing myself i'd given these 50% of actions to other people so i can scale it even faster if I'd scale it even faster until the uh, big competition came to the market, I'd make a lot more. It's, it's, a, it's like it's a common sense. Uh, it's just the amount of actions per time. Why do you think you didn't do it? The lack of experience. Lack of experience. And basically when you have some amount of money that you think, wow, it's uh, it's like it's the biggest amount of money that I've ever seen. And you still you think that, okay, this is enough. Like for some part of the time, you you think that, okay, this is enough. Let's stop on this. Let's just uh, try to catch this momentum. So basically, and uh, you don't think about uh, scaling it to become even more. This is what's happening once you are like, let's say, a bit more experienced entrepreneur. You just start thinking about how to put it uh, to be automatically, how to make it uh, work for yourself and stuff like this. But then you are just, uh, well, I was thinking about it uh, as a hassle. I won't. I wasn't thinking about it as a as a say, business. Mm. As a business, yeah, yeah. I I wasn't. I always like this uh, differentiation between businessman and entrepreneur. Uh, I was an entrepreneur. I didn't have a team. I didn't have a let's say a big company. I wasn't paying a lot of salaries. So this is the like this is the key differentiation. The business is where you have people helping you to build your idea. And entrepreneurship is when you are building your idea with your own hands. So basically I was an entrepreneur but quite successful, quite successful entrepreneur still I was like uh, 20 I was doing this till I was 21. So from uh, I think even like even uh, from very early to while I was 22. So for two and a half years, I was doing this and it was it was quite, quite successful. You did well. 
Congrats, man. Hey there, it's me again. Um, if you're enjoying the content, you're going to enjoy this because you're going to have the ability to support us. I want to tell you about our partner, Wasabi Protocol. It's an option-based protocol that allows people to make bets on certain NFT collections. But that's not all, because what is right now NFTs could be anything in the future that is tokenized. They are on the brink of powering one of the most important layers of the future financial markets. I'll give you a couple examples of how you can use it right now. Imagine you have an NFT that's gained a lot of value because there's been a speculative um, hike and you want to keep that NFT because it's dear to you, but you also want to capture some of its value. After it's increased a lot, you could bet that the price will decrease by staking a little bit of capital and capture some of that value on the way down, which means that you get both of those aspects that are important to you. You get money, but you also get to participate. And the second one is, if you're convinced that a collection is gonna go up, you can bet on that by risking some capital and not the price of the whole asset if you don't have it. Go check it out. The links are in the description. Uh, wasabi.xyz slash r slash the polymath experience. Thank you so much for checking them out and thank you so much for using that referral link. If you do, always do your research. Only use tools and amounts that you're comfortable with. Remember that all financial investments carry risk. And back to the episode now. How and how about marketing? So how like if you're talking to someone who's just getting started with business and you want to pass them on your like top lessons that you've learned on how to market yourself and your product, what would you tell them? I have one like one key lesson, one key, let's say, hint that I'm using uh, even like even today. I'm using it every day with every single business that I'm doing with every single idea. The key answer lies in the customer development. So you know, let's say that it's a, it's a cool stuff. That, cool that you've touched on this question. So I think that probably this will help somebody, and probably a lot of people will find this interesting. So look, but let's say that you have a product. It can be any product. Your main necessity is to find at least two people who will buy your product. Let's say that it can be a platform. You need to find at least two users for your platform. It may be a, any sort of a product. You need to find at least two people. And then you ask those two people several questions. Why did you buy this product? What problem were you solving with this product? How likely you are going to recommend this product to like your closer circle? What can we make better? And you make a huge list of those questions, trying to dig deeper and deeper and deeper into the uh, behavior of your customer. And then if let's say those two people bought it, uh, they are not like there is no, uh, basically all people are unique but in terms of the customer behavior, there are no like unique customer behavior. If you found two people who are buying your product, there are at least two million of people who are going to buy your product as well. You just need to find them. And those uh, questions that you'll ask those two customers, you I just, I call it customer development. I think it's called customer development, something like this. And uh, this customer development will definitely help you to find 
those 2 million people that are going to fight to like your product and then to buy your product. This is what I'm doing always. <laughs> Hope that it made sense. It makes so much sense. And it's and it's incredibly important. And it, it just reminded me when you were talking, it, it made me think of the fact that a lot of people, and I was in that category for a long time, get stuck on big ideas on like far in the future. And you're like, oh, I want to do this. And and so you kind of try to reverse engineer your idea and, and think, oh, like this is a good place to start. But the place to start you found from the idea and not from the market and not from the customer. And, and that's something that I've personally struggled with because you also have this, like the brain is not very good at prioritizing things. And so you have an idea. It's an awesome idea. You fall in love with it because you have an ego like all humans. And so of course your idea is going to be great and you're going to love it. And then you fall in love more and more with your idea. And sometimes when you're lucky enough, it kind of finds itself like fitting with the market. Most times it doesn't. And, and what I found really fascinating about everything that you've been saying for the past 20 minutes is that you're like very pragmatic. You're user uh, focused and you're customer focused and, and, and and you find a problem, you find a need, and you build a solution for for that need, and that's very impressive. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. So, but I think that really that moment when you have an idea and that moment when you find the product market fit for this idea, between those two points, there is a customer development, and that's the only thing that is between those two things. Because you can have an idea, you can pivot it, pivot it, pivot it. You just uh, you will change your idea. You will change some minor parts from this idea. But the only thing how you are going to know that users like it is just customer development, and the customer development is basically basically it's a mixture of sales and psychology this is how i identify the customer development you need to find the road to the uh, like to know your client basically this is how it is and this is like even we are doing this with our startup now so basically we are trying to find the road of how our users will think why they would use our product or like why they need to use a product why they like our product and if we will need to change something when you think about it like this it's it's not scary for you to change anything because you'll change it until until that time when it will be suitable for your users for your consumers customers and stuff like this Absolutely, and we jumped we jumped way ahead of uh, of the questions that I that I had in mind. But this sure, is, let's get back. Let's get back. Yeah, this is no, no, no. Like this is this is perfect. This is awesome. Like there's already we could cut this interview here, and we already have a ton of value for anyone who's launching a business and and listening because this is, you know. You're, when you're an entrepreneur, I don't know if you went through that phase because it seems like you went straight into execution. But when I personally started a few years ago, what it's funny because I'm a little bit older than you, like five years older than you, but we started at exactly the same time, like around 2017, I guess. 2017. Yeah. So, so we, we, we started at the same time, but we had like vastly different paths. And for me, like the first two years were filled with books and podcasts and, like all of those ideas of like, you need to do this and you need to do this. And I would try to latch on to every single one of them. I, I didn't really know where to start. I also, turns out, I, I wasn't very confident in myself either, subconsciously. And and so when you do that, your, your head's in the clouds and it's not in the, I never paid this close attention to the, to the customer. I, 
a lot of my approach was based on assumptions. And that doesn't work. It well, so, it works sometimes when you're lucky enough. <laughs> lucky. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Well, I wasn't and you can't count on luck. This is going to seem like like we're going back in the in the conversation, but I really wanted to ask you the simple question of why are you successful? If you try to dumb it down. I have, I have, I have an answer, actually. I have an answer. I First of all, I won't say that I'm successful. I know a lot of people who I'll are... I'll say it. Who I know a lot of people who are way more successful than I am. I just... Uh, I'm persistent. This is what I can tell about myself. I'm persistent. Always, always. Even sometimes it's a persistency that uh, can just... Can be counted by different other people as negative aspect. I'm too persistent. This is like, I'm too persistent. I don't know the word no. So if you like, if you, if you will not answer me, I'll text you once again, I'll text you once again, and I'll text you until then you have two solutions. You will answer me or you will block me. This is the type of, like, this is the maximum level of the persistency. And that's like, I'm not trying to make it as uh, I'm, I want something like negative or something like this. It's hundred percent with positive vibes, hundred percent with like only the positive intent, but it's how I am. It's like, I was just like too much too much times uh, this persistency turned out well and I just I was counting on it I'm always counting on on persistency and one more thing why would uh, let's say why would I tell that I have some successes in the past a lot of people tell me that uh, my superpower is to unite wise individuals around my own ideas this is the I think this is the key because I'm a, I'm very good. Uh, I'm, I have amazing imagination. I'm very good at uh, just creating some crazy ideas. I'm very good at, uh, uh, that's why I'm basically, I'm good at marketing. I'm good at marketing. I'm good at making cool ideas. I'm good at making some uncommon ideas. But if that was, if there were no people who will be helping me, who will be working on these ideas, just if there would be anything. I will be just one of those guys with just cool ideas who is like who is known for his crazy cool ideas and nothing else. So basically this is uh, the the key part here is to be able to unite wise individuals around your ideas. Maybe not even wise individuals to just unite individuals around your ideas. I think this is the key part. Like the the most key part even uh, just uh, i think that it, this will take a bit longer but i want to tell this i think this will be helpful as well to different people uh, sometimes uh, just i won't say that, I, that i'm too old i'm basically i'm 26 uh, but sometimes i meet with some founders that i'm even a bit younger than myself and they ask me look we have a cool idea but we haven't got money how to start without money i'll tell that first thing that startup needs that idea needs is not money it's a team it's at least one person who is going to believe in your idea as much as you believe in your idea so basically and i always say that look if you have a cool idea and you think that it's cool it's uh, any idea will have at least one fan try to find this fan try to find uh, the one more human that is as 
fanatic about this idea as you are. If you're, let's say, good in marketing, try to find this fanatic uh, in terms of technology. So he will be your first developer and you'll just be co-founders. This is how the co-founder and foundership is being built. So if you're uh, like different side of things, if you're a good in technology, but you don't know how to sell, you don't know how to market, try to find that person who will find this idea interesting in terms of marketing, in terms of sales. And this is the key part because uh, you don't need money. You don't need any money to make a minimal product. You don't need any money. Basically, if you have these two heads, the first one who like, I I don't know a lot of people who are good at sales, marketing and technology. Uh, probably they're like uh, uh, unique people. But I know that there are people who are good at sales and marketing. There are people who are good in technology. If you mix these two people, this is the perfect formula for any startup. You can at least you can make the minimal valuable product. You can uh, just uh, build the uh, MVP and you just can try it at least. And then if you found something good and then this MVP is being mixed with the, just a sense, even even a sense of the customer development, and you have those early customers, then you can find any sort of money, investment, anything, and then you can start like properly building. <laughs> I don't know if you realize that this is actually the perfect business masterclass. Because it's true. It's you don't need That's any money. You just need people. Yeah, and it's and it's and it works. It, it seems to be working for you, and from from experience, it, it does it does work as well. And I'll, I'll give as a nuance my own experience at the moment of if you're because we're in the same category of people. I'm more the bringing people together than the executor as well. Um, I found myself in a different type of position in the past few months, which is having brought on too many people and and it not being like organized and not like moving forward too much and being too too organic and, and so it's I, I found that when you're the leader type the inspirer type it's it's good to be aware that you are and that it's like it's it's not a it's not enough and you have to be mindful of the influence that you can have on on people uh but it, that's like Bringing people together, not needing any money, and b- being focused on on customer development—it's all you need. That's a mixture. That's a, a perfect business equation. Like I would yeah. say, as well. Uh, like uh, it depends on what you count as a business. This is like I'll tell that this MVP equals bringing money together, bringing people together. That's that was a, a big difference. Big difference. So MVP is a like business is when you bring money together, and MVP is when you bring people together, idea and the customer development. That's it. This is like with this equation you can build any MVP. That's so cool. When's the next round for Easy? Is is there going to be one, or is that is it going to be tokens? We are we are raising. We are raising at the moment. We are raising. Okay. We are. What's the, what's the minimum ticket? Uh, Angels ten k. Uh, the VC is 30. Okay, we'll talk. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually was, I actually, it was in my questions. An obvious strength that you have is the ability to surround yourself and inspire others. And and I kind of want to know, is it something that you always naturally had in you? Is it something that you developed? Is it something that someone aspiring to be that could learn, you think? I'll tell you, just to be honest, I didn't read any business books. I didn't, I like, I write, like to read. I didn't just uh, like, 
I wasn't uh, that much into the, let's say, educating myself on business, except the college. Just I wasn't reading any like leadership literature and all that stuff. And I just, uh, to be honest with you, actually, I just didn't even realize this stuff. It This was like this uh, quote, the, your superpower is to unite wise individuals around yourself, is the quote that I've been told just like several times. If one time I hear this, okay, maybe that's just uh, opinion. One time it's an opinion. Two times it's an opinion, like probably closer to be the truth. But if you start, if you keep hearing this, then probably this is something that it is like this, but I didn't, I didn't ever realize. And I think that, look, one more thing. If I did realize this, I, I don't think that it would work that good. Because if you realize this, you start uh, just uh, paying too much attention to this. And once you put some a lot of attention to something, this tends to not work out. And uh, just I think if it comes naturally, like really like like really naturally, uh, I think this is the time when it work out, works out the best. Yeah, I, I agree with you. We're social animals and, and there is a real power in, in, in that social network kind of feeding you these these uh, realizations if if you were to try to reverse engineer it on because it doesn't come naturally to everyone and and it is it, it is a soft skill to a certain extent and so if you try to um, to reverse engineer it to figure out what are its components and how someone could l- learn it would you be able to well i don't think that i 100% would be able to but i think that the one uh, like one step that you can uh, truly uh, do one action that you can truly implement in your lifestyle to get better at uniting people is probably to just this would sound too common but really just talk and talk with the, like really just really talk don't be shy to would uh, give your idea out loud don't be shy to you know, just uh, spread your ideas around uh, look i think that one big mistake that a lot of people do is that thinking that look who like they would think that i'm not right they would think that it's funny they would think and this they would think part it kills it kills more is more startups than uh, insufficient investments and really uh we it's just it's how it is just talk talk and announce your ideas uh, talk with like-minded individuals with some people who probably will not understand you no worries it's like but it's it doesn't happen just uh, always that people will understand you just talk and uh, even i think that look even one more thing one more cool uh, like uh, let's say action to do is that to but try to just uh, solve as many concerns that people will give you on your idea. So basically, when you are solving different concerns of different people that they give you on your idea, you will become the master in uh, just pushing this idea to the head of uh, that, let's say, co-founder that you can potentially have or first users or even yourself to be more motivated on your idea. Because look, if you are successful in uh, ruining concerns of just uh, random people, uh, you are just becoming the professional in your own idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's so important to understand that everything you're being told when you're talking to the world is feedback. And not all feedback is like equal there are people whose feedback doesn't really matter and it's your job as a founder to realize it to be aware of it and see okay like this 
guy is projecting something that's ego, that's uh, misalignment, we're just not aligned in values. And that other person who might not agree either, who might be giving uh, criticism, but is relevant in doing so, is giving you something that is valuable. And it's it's such a fine line, uh, it's such a fine line to walk. You have a vision, you have an idea, there's feedback that you're going to get that you need to reject, and there's feedback that you're going to get that you need to integrate. And it's so freaking hard to to do it this efficiently this is hard this is really hard this is the next level of uh, those uh, like i know i can't say that it's uh it's like a third sense that you it is have. it is a third sense yeah. basically because even uh, even uh, in my world we just uh, sometimes i hear the feedback but it's hard to distinct yourself from the feedback that you just uh, you hear and you some somewhere deep inside you understand that this feedback was not uh, because of you or your ideas because it was because of the opinion of that person but mm. it's sometimes the feedback is uh, really really hard to uh, digest I'd call it like this. It's hard to digest all types of feedback. And I think that the professionals, professionals like the major uh, entrepreneurs, businessmen, and all those people, they are, their superpower is to digest feedback and probably Mm -hmm. sometimes not even listen to some types of feedback. Like you've told, some some feedback is just a projection of something and you will never know of what exactly. So this is the hard part. Even I find it hard, to be honest with you. Sometimes I get the feedback and I was thinking like, wow, look, it's still a feedback, but something you need to do with this feedback. And then while you're trying to do something with that feedback, you may lose focus. And to lose focus, that's that's the worst thing to do. Whereas, like uh, when you're building, you you can't you can't suffer losing focus. Losing focus will will kill as well. Uh, a lot of different startups, a lot of wise ideas and stuff like this. Amen. The the if I could add something to this, and it's like we have two computers in ourselves. We have the normal type of computer of computing, which is the brain. It's analytical. It processes data, data that is limited but rational, and it's easy to assess and and understand. And we have our own quantum computer and it's our intuition. And it's the one thing that I think every entrepreneur should like work on. And it's developing their, their intuition because when, when you learn how to differentiate, when is your brain talking, your brain that's analytical, but is struggling to prioritize thing. Like every type of feedback is equal for, for the brain. And, and it's, and it doesn't know like where it ranks, but intuition will naturally tell you like, yes, this is for me. No, this is not for me. Yes, this is for me. And so starting to implement like meditation and loving kindness. And, and even I found that experimenting with psychedelics has also, um, has also taken me in that, in that direction as well. But yeah, intuition is the most underrated, uh, superpower for, for business, I think. Sure. Totally agree. Totally. I think that uh, to train intuition is just time and experience. Time, experience, listening to yourself, all those types of uh, different actions that you've talked about. And as well, yeah, meditation. I just, I sometimes uh, stay on the, like, I don't know how you call it, the board of sadhu. Do you know that stuff? Uh, no. 
it's like uh, do you know what is needles like stay st standing on needles oh yeah. yeah 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 absolutely yeah yeah i i know that i've tried it uh, several times i so try to at least once per month stay on those types of things and uh, a lot of people i've heard uh, from i've heard from a lot of people that it's this as well helps to train intuition but as well the uh, intuition is like i think that's the hardest it's the uh, additional additional level of everything so yeah this is no 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 something so like certain equation of how to train intuition Absolutely. It's so powerful. Like, what does your usual day look like? Do you have a, a specific type of routine of things that you try to integrate? Because you're doing so much, like even following you on one social account shows like a, an intense life and all of them even more. What, how do you stay grounded? How do you stay efficient and focused? To be honest with you, I just have a week planned. That's my, like, this is the key difference from me and uh, probably different other people with whom I was talking. All my week is planned. So all my week is packed with calls. I have, like, I straightforward uh, just book those calls for the whole week. I have uh, four days, like, four work days of calls and one work day when I have just calls with the team, uh, like, let's say, uh, three to four calls with the team and then no additional like new people on calls just to have uh, some ideas implemented some things uh, tested some uh, new stuff as well told to the team and stuff like this but uh, to be honest with you i don't have like let's say uh, i can't say that i have like a common day or just uh, no, waking up doing this 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 then uh, yeah. go to the computer just uh, i think it's just uh, it comes naturally yeah it just comes naturally. I hope everyone realizes how much of an honor it is to have managed to be squeezed into your into your schedule. But what you're telling me says that you're very you've become very good at delegation. Then, to be honest, won't tell, won't say this either. But I'm that type of person. I like to delegate. I like to. I'm probably probably I am good at delegation. But then every time I delegate something, I'm very like stressed. If this is not going to work out as I thought, uh, maybe I had to do this all by myself because I'm the like I know how to do this probably better than others. Uh, well, like all these like uh, regular regular st types of thoughts that you get so look uh, sometimes even i think that look what uh, the like i delegate the outcome is uh clear the outcome is the outcome let's say that something worked out something didn't work out and then i'm thinking oh look but if i did this probably it will work out in a better manner or if it didn't work out, this is the worst. Probably I'm th I'm starting thinking. Look, if I were if I was doing this, this would definitely work out. So delegation is as well. This delegation is the uh, uh, talent. I'll tell that delegation is talent. The right, uh, the knowing how to delegate is a big talent. That it is. And so, that, does that mean that you're working on? A little bit of everything at once that you have your that you're mindful of everything that is happening at the moment with the development of your of your company uh I think, oh, i'll tell you on the idea let's uh, idea i define it like business development the product development and marketing three let's say three cohorts so in terms of the like product development uh, my part is just ideation 
So it's idea, it's uh, implementing different uh, new features, uh, looking how it looks and uh, just, I call it in one word, fine tuning. Fine tuning and uh, just uh, fine tuning and user experience. Let's call it like this. This is why I have the CTO. He's my co-founder. He's a crazy wise individual in terms of the technical side. And basically, I know that he's the one who is doing this uh, always fine. We worked with him on the previous startup. We are basically just, uh, we are friends. And uh, it's easier for you to make, uh, like, I don't understand when people tell that, look, it's hard to make business with friends. Uh, Probably... But if it's hard for you to make business with your friend, probably you just need to think if it's uh, becoming more like a business relationship than a friendship. If it still stays the friendship, it's always, for me, it's always easy because uh, if you keep everything as transparent as possible, if you keep yourself as transparent as possible, it's the key part as well. I'm always uh, as transparent as possible. If I'm coming on the call with somebody and I want something really, I'll just tell it. If it's something that, uh, look, only two things may occur. Uh, if you get a yes or if you get a no. If you get a no, that's not a problem. You just will try again. So it's like I'm always as transparent as possible. So on the part of the uh, product, features and product development and stuff like this, my CTO is helping. My CTO with the team of developers and stuff like this. On the part of the marketing, I'm more involved. I'm more involved in the part of marketing in terms of like every single step except the manual work. Of course, for the manual work, we have team. We are working with uh, two agencies and stuff like this. So basically, in terms of the uh, marketing, I'm more involved, but not a handwork. But in terms of the business development, I believe that this is where I have the lack of the delegation power and delegation talent. And I think that, look, nobody can tell about my product better than I can. Nobody can explain my idea better than I can. Uh, and nobody can ask for something uh, more, let's say, more sincere than I can. So this is all the business development, all those calls, the investment relations, the founders uh, with, with different founders, the angels, the uh, partnerships and all that stuff. I'm doing all that full time. Full time, I don't have the CBDO, I don't have the business managers, business development managers, I don't have any assistance, anyone. I just, I always do this myself. Better I'll have this done slowly but surely. It's always like, it's always better slowly but surely than you uh, just uh, have a team of business development assistants that is doing 40 calls per day and only one of those 40 calls will work out. It's, it's not my approach. That's really cool. That's really cool. Okay, at this point of the conversation, I'd like to introduce uh, rapid-fire questions. I'm going to ask you a few questions and you answer off the top of your head. If you could only buy one NFT to hold for the rest of your life, what would it be? CryptoPunks. Of course. If you could only buy one crypto for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ethereum. Of course. Uh, Who are your top three favorite people you vibe with the most in this space at the moment? Oh, that's a... Tough one, but look, first, Josip, Josip Vla, he's the head of innovation at Resolute. Resolute is the marketing agency, and he was the first guy who believed in me. This is like, uh, probably Josip is going to watch this, but he's like my elder brother in crypto. We didn't have a project. We didn't have a, like, we didn't have a product. I mean, we pre-traction, pre-everything. He just, he helped me, basically. He helped me like he was my, like, really elder brother. So it's Josip, always like... Uh, I think that uh, I can call him a friend and hopefully he can call me friend as well. So okay, it's, uh, the first is Josip, 100%. But second, with whom I can vibe, 
that's Robin. Robin, uh, look, 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 I'll tell you. I always forget the surname. Yeah, I, I can't remember the surname. I hope that Robin will, like, excuse me, uh, he's the ex-head of NFT at, uh, at Outlier Ventures. Uh, he's as well in Dubai here. He's way older than myself. Uh, I won't say way older, but he has kids. Uh, but he is, like, he's the OG in the space. But as well, he is not only very super hands-on uh, just a uh, guy who can help but as well he's just like a friend he can uh, call and give some like uh, well let's say life advice in terms not a crypto advice like life advice he probably he will see my he will come to my calendly he will see my schedule and he was like man just uh, but take yourself right now to the uh, asai spot here in dubai uh, outside there like on marina and just let's let's just casually talk without like mentioning the crypto stuff and everything like this so this is like this is i can tell that's amazing friendship as well and uh third 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 who the third on the third like it's the last but not least always like this it's uh one of those uh three can become well, like can always be on the first place and second it's like all those of course people. but uh i can tell several people it was very helpful ruthie at surgeons Super helpful. Yeah. Julian, just uh, super hands-on, super helpful as well. He's just like helping with everything. Even like uh, you may not ask something, but he's like helping without any thoughts, without anything. Uh, then Xenia. Xenia Vazemska, she is the community lead at Rarible, Rari Foundation. Super hands-on as well. Just uh, from the from the very first, actually two, Xenia and Masha, they are twins. And uh, Mash is the CMO at Rarible, and Zenia, she's a community lead at Rari Foundation. So basically, as well, from the very first stages of the startup uh, for, of EC, but didn't have anything. Didn't have for investment attracted, didn't have users, uh, didn't have anything. Just straightforward, started uh, just educating me, helping me without anything, without asking anything, basically. So this is uh, the approach that I really value. And of course, you, man, of course, it's like I, uh, if we say that vibing, but I just, I don't usually have uh, those like meaningful uh, speeches like this. So it, I definitely can say that we are vibing. I appreciate it, man. I, I genuinely do. Because I feel, I feel the same. I feel the same. You know, like there's, there's times when you come out of a conversation, you're like, okay, like this is a friend there. There is a relationship for the, for the future. And like I said, like I, I told you and I, and I want to tell it to the world. I used to be very ego driven. And now I can say this with a little bit more confidence. You're five years younger than me and you inspire the fuck out of me. And I, and I like, this is, this is, this is really cool to see. And, and really like, you're a, you're a, you're a blessing. And I understand, I was almost going to ask you like, why did these guys help you? Why, why did they, why would they go out of their way? But it makes so much sense. Like hearing you talk, hearing the way that you, you're, you're driven and you know where you're going, but you're still very humble and, and you're, you're listening and you're there and you're so approachable. Like I, I see why, like you're, I think I was reading, what was this guy's article from Neon? Uh, on on on. Oh, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Yeah, I forgot to mention him, Ryan. Man, uh, Ryan Orn as well. Super, super helpful. Super helpful. And as well, this happened from the first call with him. He was like, "Man, we are going to be at least friends, but in the long run, let's let's work." So we just yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And he called you a he called you a, I think a future superstar or something. And I I will bet some money on this right now. 
if if there's a to- if there's a vova token i'll buy the fuck out of it i'll i'll, I'll put my hands on like two percent of the supply because because this this is uh this bitch blowing up <laughs> my pleasure man what's something about you people online don't know well i have a twin brother I have a twin oh. brother who looks uh, he, he looks nearly like me of course uh, when we are when we were younger we were uh, more look alike but I have a twin brother and he's as well doing a startup and uh, he is well like very into crypto he is not yet like I won't say that I'm public now but he's like he's even less public uh, he's there cooking some very crazy cool stuff and I think that uh, we are going to unite unite the power one day so yeah this is like the first part uh, that people probably didn't know because i didn't tell about it on twitter on linkedin so yeah and we we really look not so much alike but uh, probably for for a stranger if he will look uh, him after this podcast he will think that he's me basically this is this is like the first thing from the top of my head that's cool What's something about you people think they know that they don't? Wow, man, that's a hard. <laughs> this one's a bit of a mindfuck. Yeah, yeah. Look, let me, let me think, let me think. I don't know if it really sounds like this, but sometimes people tell me that they, there are people who think that uh, English is my native language. Like, not native, but the one that I just I started studying when I was like very, very young. Uh, but then uh, just it like I can tell you that I started studying English uh, only in seventh grade when I moved to Marbella to move to Spain. So I just I was uh, basically I uh, was dropped there. Not like not dropped, but I was uh, offered to study there, and I just I didn't know too much English. So I was like uh, a teenager without being able to speak to to other teenagers. You you probably can imagine how struggling it was. And as well, I speak uh, Spanish uh, nearly perfectly. So I, I can speak Spanish as well because I've lived there for five years. You need to teach me because I'm, I'm moving to Barcelona in oh, amazing, two months yeah. and I don't speak any Spanish at the it's moment. Actually I understand it, and, but yeah, it's been a while. Actually, man, to be honest with you, I learned uh, Spanish uh, in half a year by playing football. Because uh, you know when you're when you play when you play football and a lot of people will say that you are like you play like shit. Let's do this, let's do this, and you don't understand them. But you well, like you understand that they're uh, talking yeah. some bullshit, and you want to answer. You want to answer, but you can't. And this is the best motivation that you can have. You just you it really is. Yeah, you just really start start uh, studying uh, Spanish with the uh, uh, triple power. With triple power. <laughs> Well, in my case, it won't be football. It will be it will be Muay Thai or kickboxing. And so the incentive is to not get kicked in the face too much if I don't understand what they're saying. So it's uh, it's good enough motivation, I think. Or being able to ask him not to punch that hard. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I should probably learn this early on before I go. Sure. Man. Not not. How, how do you say? How do you say? Don't punch me too hard. Probably not. Not not a pega muy not a pega muy fuerte. Okay. Thank you. Not the pega. Not the pega. Not the Okay. Um. Then you have a good. You have. You already have. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I I got the foundation now. I I was listening to to um, an interview that you were that you made a, a little while back, and and I always find interesting and 
that it says a lot about people, what draws them into Web3 or what hooks them in. And for you, it was decentralized digital ownership, which is still very obscure, I think, to people. Like people are still here for price go up. Whereas in the world that we're living in, ownership of the digital realm is going to become more and more important. And And I'd love to hear where you stand on that. The thing that made me say wow about crypto is understanding that, look, all your money in the bank, all your, let's say, cars, uh, any of your real estate, anything is literally like if we go into deep, very into deep, that's not yours, basically. It's uh, the government's uh, where you live in and the government can always take it from you. It's like it's uh, not the scary story or just like some strange stuff. It's it really is. Uh, if you have some uh, like amount of money in your bank account, it's not your amount of money. Basically, you can buy, of course, something for it. You can own something, but it's not like really yours because it's in a system. And it's like it's. Uh, uh, I don't think that it's bad. First of all, it's it's not bad. It's just how it is. So it's like it's normal, common stuff to have. But the why the digital ownership and decentralized ownership aspect just made me say, wow, because it's the first time when really something can belong to the person. Really, when I say belong, it means that belong on that level that nobody can take it from you. And this is what, you, what I identify with when something belongs to me. Because like, if someone can take something from me, does it really belong to me or am I just using it? This is the part. And basically, I see a crypto as an instrument. For me, crypto is an instrument. That's why, to be honest with you, I've never traded. I've never uh, just, uh, I have three NFTs and uh, just I bought those, actually four. I have four NFTs. One was uh, present uh, from Josip, the art box. And uh, like, uh, basically, I have four NFTs at the moment, and I've never traded NFTs. I've just bought, and I never sell. I've just, I've never sold NFTs. I've never tried to make some money from crypto. Maybe that's bad. Maybe that's that's no, good. No, I love this. But like, I've never, I've never used futures. I've never used spot trading. I just, I of course, I've bought some Bitcoin, Ethereum, and some like uh, key altcoins, but I never did this to get some kind of uh, fast money. Because I see this as an instrument. It's an instrument. It's a cool instrument that we have. This is why I think that hopefully more people will get familiar to this instrument. Because uh, look, it's uh, it's um, it's magic. It's cool that you can own something. You can really uh, have something that belongs to you. And look, you want to move out to any country, you want to move out to any other city, you just take your ledger or just Tether or any other uh, wallet, or you just you don't even need to take anything from you because you can have those uh, hot wallets. And basically, uh, it's always with you. It's always with you. You can buy for it, you can pay for it, you can just... Uh, sell for it anything and this is like this is how i define the the decentralized ownership aspect digital ownership aspect and this is why it drives me like really really yeah i even i can say that uh, i fell in love with this uh, aspect when i just uh, acknowledged it so this is why this is why i'm in crypto oh man i love this this is so cool It, it really feels sometimes like i'm talking with another version of me a more successful one, but but we're very we're very aligned in 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 ways. Yeah, can you? What are your three? Because you have a mutant, you have a Utes, I think. 
What are the other two NFTs? I have a mutant. I have a youth. I have a Vivan Punk, the original one. But uh, you know, and uh, the art blocks gift from Yosef. Oh, nice. What, what collection art box is it? Oh man, don't remember. I don't remember. I know that it's a G. It's uh, some kind of uh, early generated uh, artwork. But I don't remember the nice. name of the collection. Nice. And, and so, and so, since you, because there are instruments, what what do they each represent for you in the future? And and even for the altcoins or or the BTC and, and Ethereum that you they use, like how do you view them? When will they come into use if you're not trading them or spending them or selling them or anything? For the tokens, let them be. Let them just be. They are just like if I have some money in, let's say. Uh, USDC, even in I have some money in uh, like dollars, uh, no, not uh, the stable coins, but the cash money. So I'm not just uh, this uh, doesn't make me go and straight just spend them. So just let them be, let them be. Uh, we'll see, we'll see what will happen with them. Bridges and for NFTs, why bought the mutant? I just what like really wanted to get into the community. I just I really like what you guys doing. I really like. I'm a big fan of the ApeCoin. Uh, I just I became. I can't say that uh, we became friends, but we at least I know uh, a lot of uh, the councils at the ApeCoin. Uh, uh, they are super like super helpful, super hands on guys. We just uh, recently made a partnership with apecoin DAO, and look uh i see that uh but those people they're like i'm a, i'm a no name for them like really i'm a no name for them and uh, they probably yeah probably uh, but uh look i they didn't need to like they were not obligated to help me they were not obligated to just uh take calls from me and to let's say uh if I if I was asking them for an advice, how to make this, how to make that, they like they could just leave it unread or something like this. But every single Apecoin uh, member, Apecoin DAO member, always answered, always arranged the call, always even like I see that there are, there were people like uh, Vulcan, Chris, uh, Amplify, and different other guys. I see that they're like they are older than me. Basically, they are like way more experienced than I am. They are way more probably they heard uh, like thousands of ideas like i was telling them and they just still super helpful super supportive like and i really wanted to get into the community so basically mutant was uh, uh, the, like my entrance to the yuga my entrance to the uh, let's say my entrance to the uh, apecoin community the youths was the entrance to the dust labs community as well we are uh, probably uh, like i'm talking to some guys into the dust labs probably if everything goes well we are going to have a partnership with dust labs as well and uh, this is going to be a cool one uh, i'm not saying that we are going definitely to have one but uh, we, we it, it will be cool to have one as we win we've been discussing it before and uh, the cryptopunk bv1 for me it's like a uh, og move og move in ah, the market absolutely. yeah it's a it's a, it's it was the advice that josip as well gave me he was like man this is this thing is going to age well so basically uh, this was just like uh, my this is my how people call it collectibles it's my collectible it's my personal collectible that i'm going to have forever and this is just it's for like in some period of time, it's, it will be just reminding me on my wall uh, about those fun crypto Web3 times that I have. So basically, this is something that I'm going to change my PFP to that CryptoPunk soon. So yeah, I just, I really, I took a nice and clean one. So yeah. Which one is it? It's the yeah. one with the, uh, with, I have it, uh, I think I have it on Discord. I have it on Discord. Uh, okay. 
it, I'll, it's I'll look at with it. the orange hat. It's it's one with the orange hat and look. I'll just see what what traits do I have there. I haven't right here. Send send me the link in the chat so I can look and and we'll try to we'll try to post it. I'll I'll put it in the footnotes. Let me do it after the podcast tells. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Otherwise, I'll look it up. I saw that it's in your it's in your bio. Yeah, yeah. You, you Man, can it took us it took us a, an hour and five minutes, but we're finally getting too easy. So I love the idea. The the idea is awesome. It's super simple. It it unlocks liquidity. It allows smaller uh, smaller players in. Although in in a way that is not without uncertainty, um, how do you, how did you, the idea first come to be? What were the first steps in making it a reality? Although we kind of have the concept, the context now because we're starting to know you. But yeah, how did it all start? Very like very easy came out very easy, uh, and uh, just three years ago I just uh, had an idea how to make uh, like I didn't know about. Uh, tokens, uh, crypto, Web3, and all that stuff. I had an idea how to make, uh, let's say, high-valued assets like cars, phones, uh, clothes, and stuff like this more accessible to normal users, to the mass audience. And I thought that, look, we can divide those assets into tickets. We can sell tickets to these assets, and one of those users will get the asset. Uh, it's like a crowdsourcing, basically. And then I just I started thinking about this out loud with my friends, with my co-founder. And basically, then I, it turned out to be it's like a logic, uh, but uh, it's like a logical solution. But I didn't think about it from the very beginning. The logical solution for that stuff without the blockchain and without everything is that we would need to have those entities around the planet where people can bring those assets so we can store them. And uh, this is super expensive to make. And basically, I started thinking out loud. And then I was told that, look, if you have, let's say, cars, you will need to have just enormously big spaces where you need to store those cars. And uh, it will just give a lot of problems. It will need to be uh, like a lot of money spent and stuff like this. Then I just left this idea in like the backlog of my head. With then when I found out about the blockchain, I came to my CTO guy and uh, like we just uh, we said it out loud to of us. Why not merge this idea with the blockchain? Because blockchain will be that entity where we are storing those assets. And basically, we have all those assets like NFTs, uh, tokens, smart contracts, collectibles, gaming assets, and everything. So it's just like a different uh, angle of looking at this idea. And basically, this is how we just, uh, it turned out uh, that we decided to make it uh, possible with blockchain. And basically, token lies very good into this approach because uh, tokens can uh, give you discounts, tokens uh, can make Make it possible for you to if you are staking the token you can be on always on the first pages you can be the one who is who will be the uh, like primary lister of those assets you can have the gas uh, fees uh, lowered and stuff like this and we just straight once we've uh, found this idea about uh, merging this my idea like my four years old idea with this blockchain uh, we just we started straightforward building. I didn't even uh, think about looking for money or looking for anything. I just I invested my f first money. The, I invested my own first money, and basically, but it wasn't even a single thought that oh, I'm risking some money or something like this. You feel that it's your idea when you don't think about money. You don't think about money. You just think about how to make it come true, to play with it around, to just touch it and stuff like this. So this is how the idea 
yeah, like was born. Oh, it's it's really cool. It's such a it's a very simple and elegant and there's there's some like gambling components to it a little bit which which people which people love. So it's going into testnet now. Bro, like how how many uh, how much time do you usually take to edit uh, this podcast? We are if we are recording this today uh, in This how- would be in December. Yeah, sorry, it took it took me a second. Th- this will come out in uh, sometime in like late November, early December. Yeah, the testnet. That's um, this means the testnet is will be live. The testnet will be nice. live. Uh, so basically, we are uh, originally from that date where we are speaking with you. The testnet will be in something like ten days. So the, we are launching the testnet in ten days. It's very like it's not far away. We can see that the audience is hyped. We see a lot of demand. We just like we have the product ready right now. We could uh, just launch it tomorrow, but we are just fine tuning everything. You know, I'm the on in this type of thing. I just I'm a perfectionist. I like perfection. I want to fine tune the platform, and of course, the most like needed thing. I just want to make the, all the systems ready for the demand because I don't know if I'm uh, I get this feeling, but uh, or if it's just not like this. But it looks for me like we see a big demand. We see a big demand, we see a hyped community, we see the very like active users and I don't want to make it like we've launched it and then some amount of people came and it cried. It's, it's the worst thing for me. So well, like I want to make it all as fundamentally good as possible. That's, man, if, if anyone is listening right now who's a founder and they need to take away one thing from you, it's how much you care about the end user. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Like from, I'm getting to know you now, so it's I'm, I'm only perceiving things. I, I might be off, but I feel like I'm not on this. It's not that you've done the 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 customer development and now okay, I know who they are. I'm going to go sell them things and I'm going to go make money off them. You know who they are, and then you keep that in mind throughout, and you're building the perfect thing for us. And that's, I yeah, man, I love this. Yeah, I just like uh, for me the best thing is that uh, look it's the same same story that I'm telling uh, idea and then seeing people using this idea because uh, like without the second part without you people using this idea it's still just an idea it's uh, an idea in the form of a product but if nobody is using this product why did you need to do it and you, we are all spending time we're all spending money at this point of time we're on spending not my only time we're spending the time of the of for just team and all that stuff so basically at the moment the, the most needed part for us is to think about users as never before just uh, to that's why we are encouraging them to give the feedback encouraging them to uh, just give the opinions and stuff like this even the worst opinion is still better than without the opinion this is from the worst feedback is always better than without the feedback. And uh, even like our investors that invested uh, in the seed round, uh, they always tell me that Wova, uh, the one thing that we like about you is that you are the, like very, very receptive to the feedback. I'm as receptive to the feedback as I possibly can be. My ideas are not uh, ideal. I understand it and uh, non-ideas are ideal. So just uh, the feedback and opinions will make everything like as good as possibly can be. That's awesome. How did it? How did it start? When, when did you? When did you start promoting it? When did you start doing the business development? What choices did you make? Who did you tell? How? How was that process like? Oh, uh, so look. Uh, but it all started like the journey started in December, December twenty twenty two. We started uh, like like the first uh, like the first. Uh, 
action towards making it a reality was taken in December 2022. The first code line was written in uh, late January. So we just, we started, uh, first of all, I started with, as I always start, I start with uh, like customer development, with talking with different people, what do they think about it? Will the blockchain really be capable of doing this? Whether we need to have an API, whether we need to have the custom indexing solution, all those like technical parts. Then we had all the architecture ready. We started building this and uh, like we changed, we changed a lot of developers, to be honest. We changed, I'm not afraid to say that if you feel that uh, like you need to reiterate your team unless you will think that okay it's perfect now right now they are the ones who will be capable of doing this because some people are too stuck with somebody who they hired and it's a good stuff to have but still we are not doing charity here it's not charity it's a business and if you think about it as a business that may be hard and that may be some Sometimes it may sound not really right, but I definitely think that if you feel that uh, those people are not your people uh, and uh, maybe they don't believe in that idea as hard as you want them to believe, maybe it's better to say goodbye at the like earlier stages. Yeah. So uh, then we just, yeah, we started uh, reiterating the team. We collected the full stack team that we have at the moment. And then I just, uh, like, I think that uh, I don't actually remember. Uh, we started, uh, I don't remember when we started doing like first steps into marketing. I think it was something like uh, five months ago or something like this, probably. So it was something like maybe four months, four to five months ago. And we started, like, I'm not a fan of, spending a huge amount of money straight away we just we started step by step we started making the like early appearance we started testing that audience this audience we started testing different regions and then we touched on that audience that is with a higher crypto penetration and stuff like this we are now targeting asia basically indonesia india but uh, turkey china malaysia and uh, those like those uh, parts of the world with the, with the bigger crypto penetration basically and uh, th- this is uh, this is basically the approach is that we started marketing step by step step by step and then uh, started basically scaling it started making those big partnerships started uh, having those ambassadors and all that stuff but uh, to be honest with you this is like the the full the full uh, like podcast interview this is the first time that i'm speaking with uh, somebody in terms of like uh, this like full one hour plus long stuff uh, it was one more but it was very short one i think it was like uh, 15 minutes or 20 minutes something like this man i have to say and and then we'll touch back on what you're saying because again full of value i really appreciate that you took the time to do this because there's no objective reasons why you had to because you actually went out of your way when 108 said it to you reached out to me and said yeah let's do it let's do it you didn't even know me and and then you 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 kept you kept saying it and that like that was that was awesome because we're small, we're just growing, we're doing things well, and we have an nice team and all of that. But it's like that's not where you're gonna get the bulk of your <laughs> the bulk of your users or anything. Yeah, I I, I really appreciate that you're um, thank you man that you're doing this. Thank you very no, much. No, thank you.
Thank you. And there is actually, to be honest with you, there was no objection. Why would I say no? Because look, uh, but I as well, the 10-8 is super helpful, super hands-on. And just, yeah, he really, he's like, he's a real friend as well. And uh, but if he says, if he, Ruthie and different people told me that, man, you you have to do this, you, the polymath is just, uh, he's a great guy and the whole podcast is super cool. Why wouldn't I do this, basically? That's awesome. Man, Ruthie and, and Vin and I, we've been trying to meet for like a month, but things keep falling apart. But I know that when it does happen it's going to be it's going to be awesome but these guys at surgeons they're they're really they're really doing something special how how exactly like i'm a user i'm logging on to easy how exactly does it work what do i get what's the full experience like let's go with these two different ways you either want to uh, sell any of your assets for a higher value value the, the floor price or you just want to sell something at a faster speed then you are selling it originally, or you are a user whose uh, budget is not that big to buy the full valuable asset. But you still want to become the part of the community. You still want to just enter the market with your money and stuff like this. So basically, these two, uh, like let's say two users, two user, uh, just two kinds of users. So basically, you come to our platform, you connect your wallet, basically, and uh, with the scope of our smart contracts with custom methods and custom functions, we allow you to create this drop. We call it a drop. So drop is a decentralized raffling ticketed sales system. So you come, you select three variables, you put your asset, basically. When I say asset, I mean NFT, collectibles, uh, digital asset, anything. Any, like we are not limiting ourselves to the NFT only. We are just starting with NFTs. But further down the line, you can sell even the bag of tokens. So let's say that you're an angel investor, you're a VC, you're a protocol developer. What unites all three of you is that you have some tokens that you want to sell. You want to sell those tokens, probably you have two problems. One of those two problems, at least, that maybe you are satisfied with the price of the token, but you don't want to dump that price, or maybe you are not satisfied with the price of the token. So basically, what you are doing is that we are making it possible for you to we make automated smart contract with sustainable vested schedule. You will come, you will raffle this bag of tokens for the higher price than you potentially could sell it, and it will be raffled out to someone who will be uh, just able to get these tokens, but with sustainable vested schedule. So it's not possible for him to dump the token at the price. So coming back, you just uh, can create a drop. You can create a drop with uh, NFT tokens, uh, gaming assets, collectibles, anything like this. But then you select three variables, the number of tickets, the cost per ticket, and the total amount that you want to get. If you want to get, let's say, $1,000, 1000 USDC, basically you get 1,000 tickets, the cost of $1, or even 100 tickets, the cost of $10, or even, let's say, two tickets, the cost of 500 uh, Just anything. You can play around with this as you want. Uh, then you select the duration. You submit the lot. We have the curated approach, of course, just not to spam, not to make some ridiculous amounts of money and stuff like this. After the curated approach, we place your drop on our uh, display page. This is basically like a marketplace page, which is uh, where like, uh, we've designed it and developed a very gamified way, very attractive to attract those users who are on this, in the space and to attract those ones who are just uh, willing to get on board it. And then the magic happens. We uh, make those assets accessible for the users with the lower budget than the full price. We are making it possible for them to purchase one ticket, four tickets, ten tickets, any amount of tickets. Then after the whole, like after the full amount of tickets uh, is being sold, we have uh, the chain link 
system operated and the Chainlink system selects the one who will become the new owner of the asset. The new owner of the asset will get to hold the full valuable asset. Those ones who bought the ticket but they are not becoming the new owner of the asset, they get that exact amount of uh, the money that they are spending on those tickets. They get this equivalent amount stake to get return investment in our native tokens. So it's basically we are just incentivizing them, we are rewarding them for the creation of the liquidity on our platform for the creation of the trading volumes. And as well, we have a philosophy that those mass audience, those communities around, I call them, those communities around the tokens, those communities around the collection, they are the ones who are the most uh, like let's say supportive they're the ones who are always creating all the hype they're the ones who create all the news so basically we've seen one problem on the market so basically those ones uh, those communities around those communities uh, let's say they are not into the collection they are not into the token they are the ones who always uh, like create news create hype and support and we've never seen any platform that will make it accessible for those users to join the community of like-minded individuals so basically what do I say? That those users are somewhere there, but for them to enter the community of like-minded individuals, the ones who like the same, uh, let's say, collection, the ones who are fans of the same token, for them, they need to encounter uh, themselves. They need to encounter themselves. They need to just uh, form a groups or somehow, I don't even know how to make it. But what we are doing, once you've given us the evidence that you are a fan of, let's say, uh, the Clonax, or a board ape, or just any of those collections, we are, uh, and you, you've given us the evidence that you are a fan because you are, you're buying at least one ticket. And after you bought one ticket, two tickets, fun, five tickets, any amount of tickets, we are opening up a DAO for you. So now this asset is like a community, small community of those users who are like-minded, who are able to get support, who are able to communicate, who are able to just create. Once this asset gets sold, we are merging this assets community into the master DAO, into the master DAO of, let's say, collection, into the master DAO of token, into the master DAO of anything. And basically, uh, we are granting them the DAO features, we are granting them the governance features, we are granting them those features to make it possible for those users to create for those users to just uh, communicate and trade. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. What's, what, do you have a, like, where do you see this be in 10, 15 years? I think that we are going to be the fundamental social network with the feature of gamified marketplace. Step by step, we are implementing, uh, we are implementing NFTs, tokens, Web3 assets, gamified assets. Further down the line, we are implementing digital assets, like normal digital assets, uh, for rhythm codes, electronic tickets, uh, gaming assets, let's say, uh, blue chip skins for Fortnite, Counter-Strike, anything like this. And further, further down the line, once, well, like, once we are settled and established, we are going to be the first platform to uh, gamify the trading of tokenized real-world assets. So potentially, you will have a chance to place your, let's say, car or become the owner of a one-of-a-kind artwork or one-of-a-kind, let's say, luxury watch or something like this. So basically, this is this is what we are planning to do. And once this happens, we see that this is going to be huge. We see that we can, like, with our own token, with our infrastructure, with our ecosystem interface and all that stuff, we can become just one of the biggest players on the market. My man. Fuck, oh, that's exciting. Do you did you see the the Picasso that sold for three hundred more than three hundred million? Uh, the, the the normal artwork, you mean? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The real Picasso. I've seen it. You, you should you should do that when when you start doing real world assets. You should buy like a crazy fifty million piece of art and and raffle it out on the platform. That would be the craziest uh, the craziest marketing move. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely do this. Yeah, have, yeah of course. We have some uh, like some crazy cool ideas with different like a big art collectors with different protocols who are now already making some really cool stuff in terms of uh, tokenization of real world assets and stuff some stuff like this. So yeah, we're yeah, going, we're definitely going to make it. Man, that's that's really that's really really exciting. Thank you, thank you so much, man. I I really appreciate you coming. For anyone who listened to this. Um, do you have anything special that you wanna that you wanna open it up? Who who should come talk to you? Where should they uh, find you? And who should reach out to you? Uh, look, I'm always as open as I possibly can get uh, to anybody. Founders who need some support, founders who need some help, founders who just want to get some advice. If you are looking at this now and you think that okay, I need to come to speak to him, maybe he will get uh, some help to me, or maybe he can support me with something. Uh, just I can always do this. Uh, you can reach out to me either in Twitter, LinkedIn, anything. All my DMs are always open. So, and uh, as well, just, yeah, uh, if you think that uh, what I'm telling is something interesting or what we are building is something interesting, just uh, always open to any sort of partnership, just brands, angels, uh, founders, baking founders, VCs, just, yeah, all types of, just I'm always open to any types of synergies, collaborations, communications, anything. That's awesome. Guys, you've, like, how can you not love this guy when you've <laughs> been listening to him for, for an hour and 30 minutes? You can see that his uh, head is screwed very solidly on his shoulders. Uh, he knows what he's doing. He knows where he's going. And I, I honestly, like, obviously, this is not financial advice. You know the drill, but... This is something that you need to then you need to check out at the time where we're when we're speaking, the market is getting active a little bit again as well. And, and I, I really recommend following him. I'm not the first one to say that guy on the LinkedIn LinkedIn post was, but he's going to be a superstar. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to drop a comment, to follow us on all the platforms, share it with your friends. Uh, you know how big of an impact that has. Don't forget that this is a decentralized podcast. And if you vibed with this, join us on Discord. We have something for you to do and for, for you to gain. Uh, thank you, everyone. And see you all again soon. Thank you, man. Thank you. It was amazing. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you.